0: Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News, Monday, January 10th, 2022. Stand up for your country. We have a lot to tell you about tonight. Seventy five percent of it you will hear nowhere else. Mark that down. Three out of the four stories we do, you're not going to hear anywhere else because I've designed now this year for the No Spin News to tell you things you're not going to hear anywhere else. Now, some stories I have to cover, but I'm, I'm digging up stuff. And we have a lot of that today. We begin with the president's schedule, as we always do. Nothing um, that gives uh, Mr. Biden plenty of time to think. Remember, Jen Psaki said, look, you know, we can't be overloading uh, Joe Biden. He needs time to think. Well, today, I guess, is a think day. So you got nothing on the schedule. And what he might think about is a new Reuters poll uh, that just came out uh, about uh, the direction of the United States of America. Now, this is a bogus poll because Democrats are 50% of those surveyed, Republicans 40, and independents 10. So you're really speaking to Democrats, right, Reuters? I mean, you need. I, I think I'm gonna send them a little calculator. On a question like direction of the country, you don't need to skew it in favor of a political party. You wanna get, you know, 10% independents? What is that? Don't independents count about direction of the country? So Reuters wanted an outcome. It didn't get it. So right direction, 26 percent on a skewed poll. All right. And wrong direction, 60 percent. The others have no idea where they live, I guess. I don't know. But maybe uh, Mr. Biden wants to think about that poll is only 26 percent of the country. These are going the right direction. Oh, man. State of the Union is going to be March 1st, Tuesday. And the Biden administration says, look, it's because of the Olympics. We don't want Joe uh, competing with um, the luge event or something. Uh, The Olympics, as you know, are in China. There's COVID all over the place in China. So it's going to be another bubble thing like Japan in the summer games. And they are due to start February 4th coming up fast. And last for February 20th. But State of the Union, which I don't think anybody's really looking forward to, is on uh, March 1st. So uh, I wrote a column, and I hope you read it, called It's a Propaganda World. After all, it's on BillOReilly.com. And it's about the fact that you can't get honest information anymore. Now, I don't include me in that because I've got a research team at my disposal that I pay, so I can, when a story breaks, get as much information as uh, possible, whereas the average American can't do that. You're dependent upon the media, and you're being lied to, and not only by the media, but by politicians. So I really want to give you a very vivid example, and I thank the Washington Examiner newspaper for pointing this out to me. I, I would not have noticed this. But we'll go back um, to Thursday to President Biden's speech. Roll the tape. Some have already made the ultimate sacrifice in this sacred effort. Jill and I have mourned police officers in this Capitol Rotunda, not once but twice in the wake of January 6th. Once to honor Officer Brian Sicknick, who lost his life the day after the attack, and a second time to honor Officer Billy Evans, lost his life defending this Capitol as well. Now, you would think if you didn't know uh, Billy Evans and what happened, that he was linked to the Capitol riot because that's the context of the entire speech. Well, the truth is that 41-year-old Billy Evans, a Capitol police officer, um, was killed on April 2nd, 2021. All right. About uh, four months after the Capitol riot. So, OK, well, why are you including that in a speech about the Capitol riot? Because Biden and his speechwriters wanted you to say, whoa, whoa, look how much damage this riot did. And it did do damage, but you don't have to distort the record. So who killed uh, Billy Evans? Well, that would be a guy named Noah Green, 25 years old, who was shot dead by Capitol Police because Noah crashed his car into a bunch of cops guarding the Capitol, and that's how Evans died. Well, Noah Green uh, was a member of the Nation of Islam and a disciple of Louis Farrakhan, which is why you don't hear much about Noah Green. All right, But Biden threw this into his um, January 6th speech, and I thought I would point that out to you. Again, the column is a propaganda world after all, both sides, by the way. The right is doing it too. The left does it more, but the right's doing it too. And in the column, I give you two very vivid examples. So, President Biden over the weekend uh, went out to um, Harry Reid's memorial service. He's a former senator from Nevada. All right, and the Washington Post uh, kind of criticized Biden for going to so many funerals. Okay. And they tweeted, quote, put it up on the screen. Biden, who heads for Harry Reid's memorial service Saturday, his seventh as president, uses funerals to honor his friendships and make a point about bipartisanship. Not everyone thinks it's the best use of his time. All right, now that was a tweet from the Washington Post uh, promoting the article. Okay? So is Biden wasting time going to all these funerals? Well, right away, Jen Psaki tweeted back, I will wait here for the apparent growing chaos referenced from those opposed to the president honoring the lives of those lost with empathy and grace. Okay, so Psaki hits back at the Washington Post. What does the Washington Post do? Well, it takes the tweet down. Now, maybe they're doing it out of fairness. I don't know. But the evidence is they don't want to get on the wrong side of the Biden administration. President Biden was right to go to Harry Reid's memorial service. He did the right thing. Reid was a friend of his. That's number one. And number two, Reid was a stalwart in the Democrat Party. Now, I didn't like Reid because he killed Kate's Law. Now, you remember I was this close this close to getting a federal law that said if you are deported if you're an illegal alien deported after committing a felony in the united states and you come back and they find you 10 years in a federal pen just for coming back off a of felony deportation mitch mcconnell wouldn't put it up for a separate vote reed opposed it i was that close to getting that passed they would have dropped it to five years in the federal penitentiary. I wanted 10, but it didn't get passed. That was off the Kate Steinle killing. Okay, here's a very disturbing story, extremely disturbing. So as you know, in the Supreme Court right now, they are debating whether President Biden has the power to mandate that employees of the federal government get vaccinated, all right, or and or that OSHA that's the uh, federal body that oversees private industry, can do mandates as well. Now, the Supreme Court's going to rule that Biden cannot do it. I'll make the prediction here that he's that's not in his power zone. That's what I believe. But Sotomayor, one of the liberal justices of the Supreme Court, she will, of course, vote to give Biden the mandate power. But she'll lose, in my opinion. I think it'll be 5-4, but it could be 6-3. Anyway, Sotomayor, um, in explaining her support of the mandate, said this. Go.
1: We have more affected people in the country today than we had a year ago in January. Um, We have hospitals that are almost at full capacity, with people
0: severely ill on ventilators. We have over 100,000 children which we've never had before, in, t- in serious condition, and uh, many on ventilators. Ooh, 100,000 children. Well, no. Uh, according to the CDC director, Dr. Walensky, less than 3,500 children are in hospitals with COVID. 100,000 is what Sotomayor thinks 3,500 is the number. Now, this is a Supreme Court justice who is making laws, not making laws, but deciding which laws are going to be in play. I mean, that's pretty bad. And she has a staff. I mean, she has, like me, she's got people researching all the time, (laughs) kicking her this stuff. She's made it up. Now, you, Sotomayor is there for life. She could come in with her uh, robe on her head and, and, and do the twist every day. <laughs> you know, what do you do anything about it? But I thought you'd like to know. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the largest online nursery in the USA? With more than 10,000 plant varieties and millions of satisfied customers. I have their trees and plants at my home and they're fantastic. Have you had your fair share of landscaping woes and wasted weekends at crowded nurseries? Finding fast-growing trees will be like stumbling upon a hidden treasure, believe me. With fast-growing trees, it's different. From fruit trees to houseplants, they have it all delivered right to your doorstep, plus, All right. Uh, Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has COVID. I wrote a message of the day, message of the day on BillOReilly.com. You might want to look in in the morning. Everybody can get it. You don't have to be a premium or concierge member. You just, just, just there. So I wrote about uh, Ms. Cortez. And I said it was karma because she's one of the virtue seekers that runs around screaming mask, mask, mask and mandate, 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 vax, vax, vax. And now she goes down to Miami and she goes to a drag show, I understand. OK, um, but she did not have a mask on, as you can see. And she gets COVID. Well, it's not a real stretch that if you're going to go into a nightclub that's crowded, you're going to get COVID. <laughs> OK, um, so she has it and the right is heckling her. Now, I have to admit, some of it's very funny that COVID wants to sleep with her. I, I, I'm not going to get into it more than that, but it's witty. But it's, a, you know, I don't wish her ill pardon upon, as I said in my message. But I do think it's karma, uh, you know. But anyway, we hope she gets better soon so she can come back and do whatever it is she does. Now, this is a serious story that, again, is hard for me to believe and should be hard for you to believe. So the uh, Biden administration is giving out medical guidance that um, medicine that mitigates COVID, which is in short supply, should be doled out on the basis of race, skin color. Okay, so they're saying, look, marginalized people who are uh, at greater risk they should be given the antivirals and other medicine first and that includes everybody who's non-white this is the biden administration so they are echoing what the new york city department of health has done i'm going to quote the nyc department of health because it's really outrageous put it up on the screen please non-white race or hispanic latino ethnicity should be considered a risk factor as long-standing systemic health and social inequities have contributed to an increased risk of severe illness and death from COVID-19. Unquote. So if you're white in New York City, no. No, no. This is clearly against the law. But the Biden administration and the New York City obviously doesn't care about the law. At all, and I'll prove that again coming up on another item. They don't, see, these, the people that are in power, they know what the law is, but they go, ah, we're going to do it anyway because we get votes that way. And then if the courts overturn it, we can go, oh, the courts are bad. But they don't care what the law is. So a judge has ordered the Biden administration, this is an amazing story, to release Pfizer COVID vaccine information within months, not 75 years. So the FDA, Federal Drug Administration said, ah, Pfizer doesn't really have to put out the vaccine research for 75 years. And the federal judge said, no, you got to put it out now or close to now, all right, because there are 329,000 pages of research on a Pfizer vaccine, 329,000, put them out there, right? I mean, I got vaxxed. I want to know what's in the research. It's only fair. Now, here's a story that is just amazing, that nobody will tell you about. And if you people live in California, don't pay attention to this, you're out of your minds. So there is a proposed bill came up. January 6th, last Thursday, the bill came into uh, Sacramento, the capital of California. Remember, there are 39 million Americans, citizens in California, another, I don't know, 5 or 6 million illegal aliens. So it's by far the most populated state. So the bill is called CalCare, and it says that the state of California will take over the entire healthcare care system in, for every California, all 45 million people. OK, it's going to be a single payer, which means that your taxes are paid to Sacramento. And in return, you will get ready 24 hour emergency services, prescription drugs, all right, medical devices, mental health care. Reproductive maternity and newborn care, that means babysitters. And dentist stuff, all right, oral health, all paid for by Sacramento. And you, the citizen of California, you don't have to pay premiums, co-payments, deductibles, or anything. It's all free, but it's not free. So in order to pay for this, and California can't pay for it in the present structure. They have to raise taxes on everybody earning over a certain amount of money, say 80,000, and all companies and corporations. And I have to raise taxes big. But even then, they'd never come close to covering the cost. So they're gonna to have to seize private property in order to institute CalCare. And that's what this is all about. It's a socialist play To seize the property of Californians, because if California can't pay for CalCare and it passes it, then its bond status goes to junk. Nobody will invest in the state. They'll get no money from anyone and the whole state will go into bankruptcy. The only way you can fund this is to seize private property. Now, what do I mean by that? So say you have a $6 million home in California, which is not an astronomical price out there. Well, you would be taxed on the value of that home, not only locally for property taxes, which are capped, there'd be a state tax. Maybe it's 5%, maybe it's three, whatever it may be. Every year, so in order to live in that house, you'd have to pay a hefty amount of your money to Sacramento. Not only that, if you have stocks in your portfolio, including retirement accounts and college accounts, the value of those stocks, even though you didn't sell them, would be taxed, just like your home, right to Sacramento. That's what they want. That's socialism. The government controls the entire medical industry, and takes your private property. They'd have to. They will. So if you live in California now, and you have a good job and a nice home, Sacramento wants a piece of that for this CalCare. Now, why will it pass? Because most people out of the 45 million, remember, illegal aliens will get all this, all of it. Okay, most people don't have a six million dollar home or an eighty thousand dollar job. So they won't get taxed. And that's the majority of people. But this will destroy the financial infrastructure of the state and you'll have a socialistic state. And believe me, New York, Illinois, Massachusetts, Oregon, Washington state, they'll follow. If this goes through. They'll follow the same b- blueprint. Now, you're not going to hear that story anywhere. And now I got a guest who's an expert on this healthcare business, Dr. Bob Moffitt. He is uh, the author of a book called No Choices, No Exit The Left's Plan for Your Healthcare. And he uh, is a senior fellow at the Heritage Foundation, joins us now from Maryland. So, am I overstating, Doctor? Am I making any
2: mistakes? I don't think so. And I'll tell you why. Last time that they came out with this idea, the cost was $400 billion. The current tax proposals that they're coming up with right now don't come close to that. It's about $160 to $170 billion. So, they're making an enormous promise. They're going to take over one of the most complex sectors of the American economy, and they're going to have it run by the California state government. And they're not going to be able to finance the, uh, the total cost of this thing. The truth of the matter is, and it's not debatable, is that Californians will actually end up paying more for healthcare with this system than they would if in fact they, we continue to have them pay premiums, deductibles, coinsurance, co-payments, and so on. All of these programs overpromise, they underdeliver, and the consequence of that is that people have lower quality health care and higher costs. Now
0: California might say, well, I'll go to concierge services with my doctor and I'll if just follow around you. it. You can't if they allow you. They won't. You know, the, in the well, bill no, I mean, says you can't. Every doctor correct. operating in California Every medical clinic has to go through the state. They can't operate independently.
2: That's outrageous. Well, of course it's outrageous. They're doing away with the doctor-patient relationship as we know it. Your relationship with the doctor is going to be dependent upon what government officials say that relationship can be. That's the problem. And in fact, understand this. This is not new. Uh, The Bernie Sanders bill basically does the same thing, effectively at the national level. Uh, It says in effect, yeah, you can have a private relationship with the doctor, but only if the doctor agrees to give up all reimbursement uh, from the government and drop out of the program for two or three years or something like that. Uh, They're doing the same thing here. Uh, They're denying any kind of independent relationship with a physician. Uh, But isn't this,
0: this is is the road to socialism. This is what this is. Once you go in and start to take people's private property, by levying a tax on the value of their home or their stock and bond portfolio, even though you haven't sold it. Because when you sell your stocks and your bonds, you have to pay a capital gains tax, okay? They already got you there, but they want unrealized stocks and bonds. They want to tax you on what you're holding. The same thing with your house. And that's socialism. They're coming in to take private property. So my question is, This would be challenged in a court as unconstitutional. Would that challenge hold?
2: Well, I'm not a lawyer, but uh, the fact is is that they're talking about expanding a level of government control over personal life that we have never seen before. And even at the state level, uh, where the states do have a lot of authority, no question about it. uh, It looks to me that if in fact you violate a person's right to have an independent relationship with a doctor, if you're talking about discriminatory discriminatory tax policy, then I think you've got a you've got some kind of a legal case. It would again, I'm not a lawyer. I don't want to judge, you know, a legal question. But uh, this is well, it would definitely be challenged
0: to, to the U.S. Supreme Court, not the Supreme Court of of California. Final question is that, as I pointed out, most Californians, you said, well, people will pay more. Well, they'll pay more if they're high wage earners, but if they're not w- earning anything, um, and remember, a lot of undocumented people work off the books in the California no. agricultural industry and homes and, and things like that. So if they don't have any income, they're getting free medical care and they're not going to pay more. They're going to get it free. And that's why. Well, they're getting it now. Yeah, that's why. They're getting the stuff, free medical
2: care now.
0: That's why there isn't this giant out uprising in California, because most uh, people calculate, well, this is good for me. I don't care about the people who have earned things
2: too bad. And that's really the bottom line, isn't it? Well, what it is, it's creating a a class system where basically the middle class will be crushed by increasing levels of taxation. And uh, on top of that, the control over their exercise of their personal freedom, including their freedom to uh, access the kind of health care that they want. Uh, But you're seeing basically a situation where you have basically a war on the middle class. And that's that's what Karl Marx
0: wanted. Karl Marx in his manifesto wanted to divide populations by race. And he said that's the quickest way to communism. And it is. Hey, doctor, thanks very much for your expertise. Really appreciate you taking the time today.
2: Great to see you, Bill.
0: Okay, so let's go to Michelle Obama, who for the first time in um, four years has kind of emerged in the world of politics. So yesterday, front uh, big full-page ad in the New York Times, uh, Michelle Obama wants to get a million new people registered to vote. Not a bad thing, okay? Register to vote if you're a U.S. citizen. Yeah, I I want you to be registered, but Michelle Obama wants you to be registered and vote Democrat, (laughs) okay? She's not looking for, not going to Wyoming to get people to register. So she's got a foundation, all right. In order to do this, and um, you know, she's asking for, I guess, donations to help her out. She's going to train a hundred thousand volunteers to register new voters. And so, the importance of this story is um, that she's back in uh, the political arena. She, if she wanted the nomination in 2024, she'd get it. Just keep that in mind. So, co chairs of her foundation, which is named When We All Vote, that is Michelle Obama's foundation, Tom Hanks, Megan Rapineau, Lynn Manuel Miranda, Faith Hill, Selena Gomez. They're on the board. All right. I don't need to comment on them. Uh, I didn't know this story, but it's been around since December 3rd, 2021, when Donald Trump was president. So, the Whole Foods chain, I have one in my neighborhood, it's pretty good, they have healthier food than the other stores. Um, They told their employees, you can't wear apparel that says Black Lives Matter, okay? So I guess some of their employees were in headbands or T-shirts or whatever. So Whole Foods says that his dress code policy Um, Does not allow any messages unrelated to its grocery business, which makes sense. Right. Why do you want to alienate customers? Right. You got a grocery store. No politics among the employees. Right. No. The U.S. Labor Board. okay, is saying that Whole Foods is violating copyright and constitutional rights. By limiting what their employees can do. So now it's in court. All right. It's amazing. The National Labor Relations Act. It's in court. In March, there is supposed to be some kind of trial. I didn't even know this was going on. But it's curious that this happened under President Trump's watch, because I don't even think he knows. He's on his way out, obviously. I don't even think he knows about this. But the Biden administration loves this, of course. New York City, back to New York City now. Um, Not only did Mayor Eric Adams um, basically say, hey, um, you know, we're going to just carry on our liberal tendencies. Well, now um, non-citizens can vote in New York. 800,000 non-citizens will soon be permitted to vote in local elections. And Adams, the new mayor, sign off on it. de Blasio, the communist mayor who's out now, he was a guy who engineered this. But it's unconstitutional. Can't let non-citizens vote in New York state because there's a constitution and this is what it says. Throw it on up. Every citizen, shall be entitled to vote at every election for all officers elected by the people and upon all questions submitted to the vote of the people, provided that such citizen is 18 years of age or over and shall be a resident of the state and the country, city or village for 30 days. Okay, there's two citizens in there. It doesn't say non-citizens. So this is, you know, I, I, I assume it's going to be challenged, but I didn't know this either. There are already a dozen communities in the USA that allow non-citizens to vote in local elections. Eleven towns in Maryland and two in Vermont. That's 13, so it's more than a dozen, according to Hill Magazine. And why? Why? Why would you want non-citizens to vote? Because they vote Democrat. Because they want entitlements like CalCare. That's why. This is insane what's happening here. And you turn on all three network newscasts and the cable newscasts, not gonna hear about any of this. This day in history, January 10th, 1776, okay, Thomas Paine's Common Sense was published. And WABC Radio in New York takes this podcast at 9 p.m. Eastern Time and has entitled my podcast Common Sense. So I have something in common with Tom. Pain. So basically, Common Sense was a pamphlet divided into four areas, and it said, We don't need a king. King's bad. King's exploiting us. And if we band together and get a new country, it'll be the greatest country ever, which happened. So Thomas Paine fought in the Revolutionary War. Then he served in the Continental Congress, okay? And his book, Common Sense, or pamphlet, sold 500,000 copies by the end of the Revolutionary War. That's the biggest-selling pamphlet book of all time based on population in the USA. Do you know that? I didn't even know that. Now, here's another part to this story. So Paine was a hero in 1776, but after the Revolutionary War, he wrote a bunch of pamphlets attacking organized religion. Ooh, He got pounded. He died on June 8th, 1809 in New York City. Six people attended his funeral and he was eulogized by a newspaper. It said, quote, Thomas Paine lived a long life, did some good and did much harm. So they didn't like him despite the common sense pamphlet. We got a very lively uh, mail, a lot of disagree with me, which I like. All right. And a final thought about some uh, TV people dying over the weekend. Right back. Everything is expensive these days. You know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world All right, let's go to the mail. We got Kim Bogard, Byron Center, Michigan. Bill, some people I know and many websites are saying President Trump did not request 10,000 National Guard be deployed on January 5th. Is there further evidence you could provide your viewers? All right. The Pentagon's documentation of the request was submitted to the House panel investigating January 6th. What else would you need? So you should write down, Ken, anyone who's saying this to you because they don't care about the truth. We told you the truth. Marie Spain, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Bill, there was no way Trump could have contacted the rioters at the Capitol as his Twitter, Facebook and Instagram accounts have been taken down. Marie, I love you. It's not true. He lost his Twitter and other accounts after the riot. got to be careful. Kenneth, on the message board. If those two men who urge people to enter the Capitol are not government agents, Bill, then why haven't they been arrested? How do I know? I don't have law enforcement powers. I don't know. What they did, that's for the federal authorities to find out. I don't know, and nobody else knows in the press. Okay? Now, they were there. We played the video. They urged people to go in. They haven't been arrested. All of that's fact. But you don't then say they're FBI informants or whatever. You can't make that leap. You can say, isn't it strange, but you can't be doing this conspiracy stuff and have any credibility at all. Jim Young, Castle Rock, Washington. Tonight, I heard you recommend that a police officer should have fired a warning shot into the ceiling during the Capitol riot, then shooting Miss Babbitt. Please, police officers in this country never fire warning shots. Never. We're trained differently than that. Unique circumstances. Unique circumstance Jim. Okay? It's unique. You got a mob coming at you. They're breaking down doors to get into the chamber where the House and Senate work. I'd say that's unique. What do you do? You're the police officer. You're armed. Your job is to stop these people? Do you do what they did in Argentina where I witnessed it during the Falklands War and shoot people right between the eye? Boom, 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 mow them down? Or do you fire a warning shot so they hear the shot, which stopped the crowd, by the way? But unfortunately, Ms. Babbitt was killed. So, yeah, you're right. Police aren't trained for warning shots, but you, the police officer, have to react to a unique circumstance. I stand by my statement. Gerald Cox, Sumter, South Carolina. Bill, you rightly noted that the January 6th protesters will, be given, will not be given jail time, much jail time. Most of it's misdemeanor. However, most have already suffered almost one year in jail without a trial. Gerald, that's, that's not true. A few... But we ran down the numbers seven hundred thirty arrested, approximately six hundred plus charged with misdemeanors. They don't be held on bail. And the rest are being adjudicated. But most are out on bail. There are a few. Now, I'd love to know how many, but the Justice Department under Merrick Garland's never going to tell us that. But most. Have been held in jail with that. No. You got to be careful. Kathleen Fenner, Irvine, California. Don't forget to mention that January 6th was a day of anarchy. We've been living for a year of anarchy under the Biden administration. OK. You know, people are entitled to their opinions on that. But I don't want my listeners and viewers to embrace theories that you can't prove, that there's no evidence of. That's what I'm trying to do here. Dave Winefield, Auckland, New Zealand. O'Reilly, thank you for putting into perspective for foreign members the January 6th events. I would like to say, though, that most of us have seen a depressing overreaction from the U.S. government to something which arose from the bitterness of the election. If I would offer a word of advice from the cheap seats, get back to reality, the economy, ease of business, transactions, security and close the borders. Good advice. Absolutely good advice. But the Democrats need the January 6th riot. They need it to compete because their policies are not doing well. Catherine Martin, La Habra, California. Bill, thank you for clarifying what happened on January 6th. Your analysis was awesome. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Sanford, the 2020 election was stolen. The reason there is not enough hard evidence is that the states in question are run by Democrats and rhinos. Georgia and Arizona audits hand counts. Now, you are entitled, Sanford, and so is President Trump, by the way. You're entitled to think the election was a fraud without being disparaged or attacked, without being called a liar. You are entitled to that. But history at this point is up against you. So everybody should know that. Uh, one more. Douglas Babcock, Dexter, Michigan. I'm a new premium member. Find it refreshing to hear real news, not parthal truth or outright lies. That's what we do. And I'm very happy, Douglas, that you're a new premium member. I hope everybody will consider that. All right. Word of the day is reprobate. Don't be a reprobate when writing to me. Bill at BillO'Reilly.com. Bill at BillO'Reilly.com. Right back with a final thought on a television guy who died over the weekend.
2: Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine, enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth, delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to The Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: All right, here's the final thought of the day. Bob Sagat or Saget, died in Orlando, condolences to his family. Dwayne Hickman died in LA, both TV stars. There's Dwayne. Dobie Gillis was my favorite show as an urchin. I got it. I understood the satire of Dobie Gillis, which was on the air from 1969 to 63. 1959 to 63. I loved that show. Warren Beatty was in that show along with Tuesday Weld and Mr. Hickman. Roll the tape.
1: You know, I always hang my clothes six inches apart so that the... uh materials don't rub together you know many a wardrobe has been ruined by materials rubbing together how many suits did you say you had oh well i'd have to check i mean i really couldn't say offhand me all i can tell you is that my closet is 16 feet long oh god so, would you like to come over after school and uh take a look at my suits oh could i Oh, now, just a minute. You and I had a date after school. Did we? You're darn right we did. I don't remember your asking me. Well, let me refresh in your memory. Didn't I come up to you this morning and ask you to go to the ice cream parlor after school? Yes, I believe you did. And what did I say? You said yes. Try again, Dopey. Well, you, you, you intimated, What were my exact words? No excuse.: <laughs> Now look here,: Dobe, I don't believe that Thalia wishes to speak to you anymore. How would you like to get knocked right on your fancy pants? Take it easy. Dobe, he'll kill you. That's right, Dobe, I'll kill you. That's right, you'll kill me.:
0: I love that show. In fact, I have all the tapes. I just loved that show. It was hysterical. For me, Doby Gillis, Dwayne Hickman, rest in peace. A lot of laughs. That is it for us. We really appreciate you watching. As always, we'll see you tomorrow.